Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Glittercast. I'm Renee Watt, professional psychic and witch and your host. Today I sit down with Bridget Marquardt from The Girls Next Door and her podcast Ghost Magnet to discuss all things paranormal and the sciences that go along with it. Enjoy! Welcome to the Glittercast, Bridget. Thank you for having me. So excited. I'm so excited too because I feel like we're just continuing what was already kind of like a fun spooky conversation that we had last week. Totally. Um, On your podcast, Ghost Magnet. Yes. Um, So I was (laughs) like, wait, what? What happened? (laughs) Oh no, it's just like... Um, so we've sort of been just kind of exchanging a little bit of like our personal paranormal experiences and we've talked about mine and now I'm so excited to learn a little bit more about, you know, how you got into the paranormal and sort of like what that journey has been like for you. Yeah. Mine started, well, I like to tell people that I think I was born spooky and I say that because, um, from as early as I can remember, I've loved spooky stuff. So I've loved, um, I mean, from really young age, I, I loved watching Scooby-Doo, of course, but then I also loved like Tales from the Dark Side and things like that. And my parents didn't care that I was watching those kind of things super young. And um, horror movies, I used to have my cousins come over and our goal, like we'd go to Blockbuster when there was a video store. <gasps> yes. And we would rent like as many scary movies as we could. And my goal was always like, we're going to spend, we're going to stay up all night and watch scary movies. We never made it all night, but we always <laughs> thought we were going to. And I would scare the crap out of my cousins because they they weren't as into it as me. They liked watching scary movies too, but they got scared and I didn't. I just thought it was funny to watch them get scared. And um, then finally, uh, and probably from watching scary movies is how I learned about it. But when I was, I used to do a lot of babysitting, even when I was young. Um, when I was 12, I saved up some of my babysitting money and I bought a Ouija board and then I made my cousins come over and play with me. (laughs) And so I was, I was about 12 and my cousin was probably 10 or 11 ish. And my little brother was there too. And we were playing with the Ouija board. And at that age, you just don't know that many people that have passed away. And the only person I'd known was my great grandfather. So we were trying to reach out to him and supposedly we were talking to him. And then, um, I would accuse her of moving the planchette and she would accuse me of moving it. And then finally we just got bored and like, Oh, you're moving it. No, you're moving it. Whatever. And, um, so we stopped playing and then we were going to get ready to go to the movies. And all of a sudden she came running out of the bathroom and she was crying. Okay. Well, first I should back up when we were playing with the Ouija board, she got like kind of freaked out for a minute and she made like the cross sign with her two index fingers. And she went, she like hissed at the board three times. She went (laughs) like evil, evil, evil kind of thing, you know? And, um, and then we stopped playing and she went to go in the one bathroom to get ready. And I went to the other bathroom to get ready. And all of a sudden she came running out in tears, freaking out, screaming. She, had these three deep crosses (gasps) in her leg like um like indents like almost like if you you leaned against uh like a table or something hard too long and it leaves an indent you know and at first I thought that maybe it was from the board maybe we had it like on our knees but we didn't we may have had it on our knees at one point but for the most part we like you know, moved around and put it on the floor and we had her, yeah. like it wasn't on her leg right there. It was like below her knee, like on the shin kind of. And she was so freaked out that she never would play with me again. And <laughs> she's still freaked out about it to this day. Yeah. Like she gets, she gets all scared about it. And so, I mean, was it something that she was leaning on or the way she was sitting or was it those, that little thing that she did with her fingers? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to it, but it it was weird. And it looked really deep. Like you would know if you were leaning against something that would leave a mark like that, you know? Do you remember how long it took for it to disappear? Well, I know that we went to the movies and she said, I didn't remember what movie we watched, but I talked to her about this recently. And she said we went and watched Spaceballs. That's how long ago <laughs> this was, which I love that movie. And she says she doesn't even remember the movie because she was so scared the whole time. Aww. And that all she wanted to do was like, look at her leg and see if they were gone. And that when we got out of the movies, she went in the bathroom, pulled her pant leg up and they were gone. 
Whoa. So I guess probably maybe a few hours they were there. Yeah. But um, just to even have like that shape appear, yeah. that doesn't seem like what could even cause that, even if it was the board. Like I know. you said. It, it would be weird. And so then um, after that, I started having really weird experiences, paranormal experiences. Um, the first time it happened, I came home from school. I was by myself. You know, my brother may have been there, but he was very, very young. He's seven years younger than me, so, uh, I, but I don't recall him being there. But I came home from school, came in the back door like I always do, shut the door, went into the living room, and I don't know if I was watching TV, doing homework, whatever. I just remember I was sitting on the floor in front of the coffee table, and uh, I heard the back door open, and it opened um, so abruptly that it, like, hit the side of the house. Oof. And I was like... Oh, which it does if you don't shut it all the way and the, the wind catches it or whatever. And that's what it sounded like. Like I didn't shut the door tight. And I was like, oh, so I get up, go into the laundry room, uh, grab the door, shut it, make sure it's shut tight, whatever. Go back into the living room, sit down again. And I hear it swing open again. And I thought, oh, that's really weird. So I got up, went back out there, looked around. Is anybody like, is somebody home or something? No. So then I shut it again. And this time I like really like jiggled it to make sure it was closed tight. And it was went back and sat down and I heard it happen again. And now this time I'm sort of scared because that either, that means somebody's, somebody's here or something, something's going on. And so I got up and I remember being really nervous and walking to the laundry room and standing out on the back porch, like looking around a little bit to see if there was anybody out there. And we live way out in the country, like on seven and a half acres, like just farmland. Like there's nobody around and there's nowhere for anyone to go if they were like trying to play tricks with me, you know, I guess they could have run the corner of the house, but at some point I would have seen them or heard them, you know? Right. So I was like, that is weird. So I shut the door again. This time I locked it. Because I was like, whatever's going on, I don't like it. (laughs) And then I turned around and walked out of the laundry room and I something caught out of the corner of my eye down the hall. And I look and the hamper in my parents' room, my great-grandfather was sitting there. Whoa. And then, of course, when you turn full on, they're gone, you know. But it, And then I just started getting um, like weird visits from him and nightmares and um, and a feeling like I was being watched and not just at home, even at school. Like I'd be walking down the hall and I would just feel like like something was lurking over my shoulder. And this was not, these were not positive feelings. This wasn't like, oh, a guardian angel or my, you know, grandfather's looking after me. He was my great grandfather, but still. And, and in life, everything was fine. Like he was, like we got along great. Like we were, I mean, as close as you could be to a great grandfather, you know, right, type of thing. Yeah. And um, so that was very out of character. It wasn't like he was mean or we had a bad relationship or anything like that. But the whatever was coming to me was negative. And um, I finally told my parents, they did not know how to deal with it at all. Yeah. They were not like ghosts were something that only happens in the movies. Like, what do you mean a ghost, you know? And so, um, they were talking to family and, and some family said she needs to talk to the, the priest or at our church, it was a um, pastor. She needs to talk to the pastor or, um, or like a shrink. She needs to go counseling. Um, So we did both. The pastor came over to our house and, um, he said to start, he's, he kind of didn't believe me. I felt like, and he, his advice basically was just, um, keep a, a diary of what's happening. Okay. That was his big con- contribution. So yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> I can tell you don't believe me. So, okay, see ya. And then, um, and then my grandma had me going to a psychiatrist. She would like pick me up from school and take me all the way to San Francisco. I lived in Northern California okay. to, um, go to this like psychiatrist. And she was trying to suggest that maybe something bad had happened while he was still alive, which no, I mean, yeah, nothing like that happened. And then, but her ultimate best advice to me was to go to his grave and ask him to stop. Oh, and actually that ended up being the best thing that happened. That was the thing that worked. Yeah. But, but that being said, I don't think it was him ever looking back on it now. I think mm-hmm. it was something else disguised as him, but I think that maybe by going to his grave and asking for it to stop, he was able to maybe intercede on the yeah. other side and make it stop. That's exactly what I was thinking. Everything you just said, I was like, Oh, I bet it wasn't him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think it was him. No. Oh my gosh. Did you, after that instance, did you ever see ghosts? after that or like how did that 
sort of settle out? Well, it went on for years. Like I, I so I, that happened when I was like 12. I think that it lasted until like I was 16 or so mm-hmm. and in different capacity. Like um, it was really strong at one point and then it like slowed down a little bit eventually. And then by 16, I feel like it was pretty much gone, but it definitely ignited my passion for the paranormal and piqued my interest. And then I would like set out to try and do things. So every time I would come to go visit someplace or come to LA, especially I would make sure we stayed at a haunted place. Yes. And then my whole idea of investigating back in those days, because it was before like equipment was regular readily available. There were no ghost hunting TV shows or anything like that. But Um, like for instance, we would stay at the Queen Mary and I'd be like, okay, at midnight, we're going to like go walk around in our pajamas and see if we can like see a ghost or something, you know, that was our ghost hunting. And we did, we stayed on the Queen Mary and, um, some weird things were happening. Like we got there and we, uh, we were in one of those inside state rooms. So they're like pitch black. There's no, um, there's no portholes at all. And so, uh, we were like, oh, let's leave the light on. So when we come back in, it's not so dark in here right and we left and we went walking around and we came back to the room and the light was off and I was like oh I thought we left the light on and we were like oh that's weird and so then you know left again and we're like okay we're leaving the light on and then came back and it was off and that just kept like happening repeatedly and we're like that's weird and and then I thought oh maybe there's a timer on it like if there's no motion in the room they'll just shut off or whatever I even want to say something happened with our tv coming on or off or one or the other but anyway we're at midnight, we're walking around, um, and you know, it's a long, long corridors and, uh, we're walking and behind us, we hear what sounds like those plastic, those kind of big plastic balls that are for little kids, you yeah. know, like you see at Walmart or the grocery store or whatever in the big bins thing. Um, we heard like what sounded like that hit the ground, that weird kind of dunk noise, you know? Yes. And we both turned around And of course, out of the corner of your eye again, we saw what looked like a little boy go after a ball and disappear into the wall. But on the Queen Mary, there's all these little tiny corridors that come off the main corridor. So we thought, oh, maybe there's like a little little corridor right there. So we like backed up, but there wasn't one right there. It was just just the wall. Whoa. And you guys... How many of um, people were there? Just two of us. Just two, and but you both saw it. So we both saw it. Shared experience. Yeah. Did you notice? Like, did you feel weird after that, or did the air feel weird? I don't remember the air. I just remember like being in sort of shock, and we were both just like, "Wait, did you just see that?" I'm like, "Wait, what did you just see?" Yeah. And then and we both saw the same thing, and then and then we felt like energized, like we want more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We stories I don't think anything else happened that whole time except for the next day um housekeeping was out in the hall and I asked her about the lights possibly being on a motion and she's like oh no no honey you're on b b deck it's the most haunted deck ah tvs turn on and off lights turn on and off all the time I love that she was like, no, no, it's haunted. Like, yeah. what are you thinking? Motion detection? Like, you crazy. It's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> She's totally like, wait, don't you know where you are? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did you, so you just kind of are always seeking out, like, the haunted locations. Yeah, like, we did, um, we stayed at the Hollywood Roosevelt, too, and walked around. We didn't have any experiences there, but we definitely, it was when Marilyn Monroe's mirror was still down in the, by the elevators, and we would, like, stand in front of it and be like, can you see her? Can you see her? <laughs> you know? And, like, walking around at midnight again and doing all that stuff, um, where else did we stay? I mean, just everywhere we went, I tried to like book like the haunted place mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we went uh, on a road trip um, uh, on the East Coast too. And it wasn't supposed to be a haunted trip or anything like that. It was just literally just a, a sightseeing trip. But we were there for my birthday and I was like, on oh, my birthday, we have to go to Salem. And oh, we stayed at the yes. Hawthorne Hotel and, you know, just stuff like that. Like I try to always add that kind of thing in. And of course we went to Gettysburg too. And Ooh. But it was, I, we didn't do ghost hunting there. I want to go back and, and actually have like my kit with me and like concentrate on that more. We more just did the history tour and walked around a little bit. And But I want to go back. When you refer to your ghost hunting kit, can you tell me more about that? <laughs> yes. So um, I've had it for probably, oh gosh, uh, probably like 16 years now, my ghost hunting kit. And Ooh. I have EMF meters. 
I have um, voice recorder. I have um, laser thermometer. I have a thermal camera. I have um, motion sensors. I have, uh, let me think, what am I forgetting? Um, oh, uh, uh, um, spirit box. I was just going to ask if you had a spirit box. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and, uh, oh gosh, I'm probably blinking on a couple of things, but yeah. Yeah. Of a, of a whole kit. How did you, like you, you'd mentioned that you sort of got a paranormal investigation certificate. I is, did. Is that how you sort of started to piece together your kit? Yes. So, um, while I was at the mansion and mind you, this whole time I had been doing my unofficial investigations, you know, yeah. and even at the man, at the mansion, I'd had experiences. In fact, we brought in Barry Taff. He's one of the original OG parapsychologists. And he used to head up the UCLA parapsychology team before it got dismantled. Yeah. And, um, uh, um, but yeah, I was taking online courses through, I think it was called Flamel College. And it was just like a certificate course, but I just felt like I really wanted to learn how to do these things and how to use the equipment properly. Cause I can buy this equipment, but do I really know how to use it or what to do with right. it? You know? I mean, I've seen what they do on the TV shows, but there's gotta be more to it. And to understand it. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I'm, I'm big on education and everything anyway. So mm-hmm. I really want to, I want, I want to know the science behind it. And I want to know the history behind it. And I want to know why I'm doing what I'm doing and why we're using these tools and, and how they can help and, and what people say about them that doesn't help or why you shouldn't use them too. You know, like I want to know both sides. So yeah, I got, um, I was working on that certificate and, uh, the final thing was an investigation at the mansion. And so I, or, well, the final thing was an investigation and I chose to do the mansion and help us like, you know, cool with it. And, um, I was doing tons of research, like so much research on the mansion that I was, I told Hef jokingly that I was going to write a book called Ghosts of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally had this huge binder with all of this stuff. I went to the library, I went to the Hall of Records and like, where is it? Like a Hawthorne or something like that. Like I'm pulling like death certificates and marriage certificates. Oh my gosh. Like everything to do with the Letts family, who are the original family that built the house and so it was, it was a fun thing. And then I just felt like I was sort of in over my head as far as, um, doing an investigation there. So, yeah. um, as part of the show and with Hef's blessing, we called him Barry Taff and he came in and, and did an official investigation. I mean, he sort of did an official investigation. He normally, when they come in and do something like that, they would settle in for weeks and everybody oh. would be gone and they yeah. would really like investigate. He came for a day, you know, he was there for maybe like six to eight hours or something like that. Yeah. And, and um, so I wouldn't call it an official, official investigation, but official enough to have Barry Taft there, which I thought was pretty right. cool. That is cool. Yeah. Do you remember what you found in the investigation? Yeah, he, um, he said that I was the conduit that the stuff was happening because there has to be somebody there that's open to receiving it. And, um, and that I was the one and he, when he pulled out his EMF meter, it was, he, I think it was actually a tri-field meter and I'm not sure the exact differences of the EMF and the tri-field, but he had it, he put it in front of Kendra and he's like, see that it doesn't light up, um, in front of most people. And they put it in front of Holly, didn't do anything, put it in front of Hef, didn't do anything. But then he put it in me and he started freaking out because it was like going, <laughs> I forget what he's saying, like 1500 milligasses or whatever. And Hef was like, what does this mean? <laughs> it's all on the show and stuff. And he was, um, he was like, she's hot. Meaning like, uh, like, um, not, not, yeah, hot no, as in, it, it could be both. Yeah. <laughs> but like, she's, um, got a lot of magnetic field coming off of her. And, um, uh, we went in my bedroom where one of the things had happened. We went in the library where one of the things had happened. And basically he said, um, that he wouldn't mess with it if we were us because we told him that we had a medium coming. That was another part of, that we were going to do. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't mess with it. But we did anyway. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? She, we all had the same feeling that she just, I don't know. She either wasn't the real deal or she just was not in tune with what was going on at all. Like yeah. it was a bad, it was off day for her or something. Cause everything she was telling us, we were all looking at each other going, no, that's not it at all. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> and everything was just so, so vague. Like, um, 
uh, before time, before there was time or something like that. Oh, she kept so saying. it was like very, like very, very esoteric. Like, yeah. And we were all, mm, no, this is very, uh, within our time. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Oh my gosh. But yeah. So, um, that was fun anyway. And yeah. So outside of the investigation, did, what were the sort of like spooky experiences that you had while you were at the mansion? At the mansion. Um, what, well, everyone had stories. So like people who had stayed there before me had stories. People had stories from, sto- from other people who knew people who had stayed oh there, you know, like way back in yeah. the day. And, um, all of the employees, the staff have, um, their own stories or rooms that they're kind of afraid of and stuff. But for me, um, the personal things that happened to me, the biggest thing is the day I got my dog Wednesday, um, we flew home from North Carolina. I got her, we went to visit my brother in North Carolina and we had a layover in Georgia and I picked her up there and we flew home. And that night, um, it was my sister and I and my friend Stacy and we were all sitting on my bed drinking wine, had the TV on. We were telling her all about the trip. And at the end of the bed, on the floor, I had like a little cage set up and Winnie was in there fast asleep because it had been a long day for her yeah. too, that flight. And, um, you know, had all her stuff in there with her. And uh, all of a sudden, out of the corner of all of our eye, we all saw this, a woman was standing in my closet doorway. <sighs> and so the way my room was set up, the, the door to the room was right beside me on my left. The door to my closet that also then goes into the bathroom was over on our right. And there's no other entrance into the the, the room right. other than the front, the main door. Yeah. So like, it's not like she could have come in through the bathroom or the closet or somewhere else or whatever. There was a woman standing there. And um, and I when I looked straight on, of course, it's gone again. And I gasped and my, um, my sister just immediately started crying because she's terrified of all that kind of stuff. And then my friend Stacy just covered her eyes and said, she's terrified too, by the way. But she just said, oh my God, I don't want to know what it was. I don't want to know what it was. I don't want to know what it was. And she just kept saying that over and over. And I'm like, oh my God. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like I was like into it. And um, I feel like I got a pretty good look of what it looked like. And it was a woman. um, She had black kind of stringy hair, very, very pale, um, very thin. She looked like she was wearing like a white t-shirt that was too big on her and dark colored jeans, maybe even black jeans. So she was very, mo- I mean, modern as far as ghosts go. Cause usually yeah. they're like, oh, they're in period clothing. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they're always in period <laughs> clothing. Yeah. Like a floor my, length pajamas yeah. dress. <laughs> By the way, my grandfather was not in period clothing either. He was wearing a suit very much similar to the one that he uh, passed away. Oh. That we had, they had, it was actually an open casket. So it was like the one he was buried in. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no vintage clothing for my ghosts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, um, <laughs> they're all up to date. Yeah, but she was just standing there and I recognized her actually. I'm pretty sure. I mean, obviously I didn't get like a great look at the face because it's so fast and fleeting out of the corner of your eye. But um, I'm pretty sure that she was uh, Hef's one-time social secretary. And uh, when I had gone, before I moved into the mansion, a few years before, I had gone to test for Playmate and I stayed at the mansion for like three or four days. And I met her and we just hit it off and we stayed up like talking all night. And, um, and she just said, I have a really good feeling about you. Like, I feel like, you know, you're going to make it blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't get it. And then I was, uh, I didn't go back to the mansion for several years until I decided to screw it. I'm just going to take my savings and move to LA and try and make this happen again. And, um, when I went back and I was living at the mansion, I found out that she had passed away in that time cause she had cancer Oh no! and I'm pretty positive that was her. Yeah. One little loop I want to throw in there though, like a little, um, something everybody always told. So the original ghost story of the mansion was that Mrs. Letts, the owners of the, the ones that built the house was that, and Hef told me this story that Mrs. Letts supposedly jumped fell or was pushed off the balcony onto the marble floor and died. Oh my gosh. And so she's like the OG ghost story. And I've heard that it's not true. And I've heard that it is true. And that's why I was pulling death certificates and all that kind of stuff. I was trying to get to the bottom of it. Never kind of figured it out because there's too many Mrs. Let's's and it gets confusing. And 
at that time, I just didn't have time to really like sit down and be like a genealogist yeah. and figure this out, you <laughs> yeah. know, but, um, but both of the Letzes were married multiple times. And, and so there's lots of Mrs. Letzes going on. And, um, so, but that being said, this woman that has social secretary was always told that she looked like Mrs. Letts. Oh, so it could have been. who did I see? Yes. Mrs. Letts or the social secretary? Oh my gosh. But based on the way she was dressed, I'm going to say it was the social secretary. And the was. fact that I knew her, I'm going to say it was her. And also she was very into all the pets at the mansion. And she was oh. just very much involved in, in the girls and the pets and the staff. And she would spend, you know, so much of her time there. Like if there was a party going on, she was there till two in the morning, three in the morning when the parties were over. Like she was just always there. And I really feel like she just came to see the new edition. I was just going to say, she was like, oh, there's a puppy here? Yeah, like, okay, I got to come see I gotta this. I got to come see the puppy. <laughs> totally. That's what I think, 100%. Um, I know that you said that Hef told you this, the ghost story. Where would Where did he stand in terms of like, did he have any experiences? Did he, was he like... He said he'd never seen a ghost, um, but he he was always into into all of that. Like he entertained it well, and he was a good sport on my behalf. Like um, I would drag him to like Not Scary Farm yeah. and Universal <laughs> and stuff like that, and he was always like up for it. We would he loved scary movies, loved them. The Halloween party at the mansion was like the best in the world, and he like put out tons of money to do the um, the haunted house on the tennis courts and. So he was super into all of that stuff, but he said that he didn't actually have like a ghost story, but he did tell me the Mrs. Lett story. Yeah. And I don't know, I didn't have an experience per se out there, but the game house never sat right with me. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't like being out there by myself. Like there was just something not right out there. And then come to find out years later, um, Brian Alea, he's one of the, um, the main butler guys. He was in charge of all the butlers. And he said that housekeeping wouldn't go out there alone so anytime they had to go clean the get the game house they would ask security or one of the butlers to come out there with them and I asked him why what happened out there and he said that doors would slam the pinball machines would start up on their own and I know some of them some of those games do just like go through a loop and do that anyway yeah but they said it wasn't the the lack kind of thing like it was like somebody was playing the game oh my gosh and stuff like that so so they wouldn't wow they wouldn't even go they didn't want to go out there by themselves either that's so crazy yeah it had a it had a vibe in there yeah did you ever think about did you ever think about like doing a cleansing or anything like that no it was I just I'd never thought about doing that I've never done a cleansing never mm -hmm. well now you can I just give you a house cleansing I, know. <laughs> um, I don't want to cleanse though because I want Winnie to come visit me just don't <laughs> use sage and you'll be fine okay yeah. <laughs> just just like push out the bad vibes but tell the good ones they can stay yeah that's always my thing is like I don't want to push out someone that I want around or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But I think if there's like a loving connection, it finds a way. Anyway. I hope so. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to touch back a little bit on the sort of, you, you've done a lot of research into the different equipments that can be used for paranormal investigations. Are there some that you think are more effective than others? Like what has your experience been like working with actual tools? You know, I'm mixed. I, I love all of the tools and stuff and I love trying them out. And I love when people have cool shit that I don't have. Oh, sorry. No, you can cool just, it's fine. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people have cool stuff that I don't know. I have like, um, I don't spend a ton of money on my kit. I, I mean, it, it's still expensive, but like, I don't like people have SLS cameras and those are like yeah. $1,500 or something. And people spend $4,000 on these crazy, like spirit box things and stuff. I don't have stuff like that. So when other people do, I'm like, Ooh, let's play with that. Let's get it out. I love the stick figures on the SLS camera. I think they look so cool. And oh I think gosh. it's amazing. <laughs> do you know what those are? No. Oh my gosh. So it's, um, you know, connect with like, uh, that, that technology for video games yes. and stuff like the Wii. So, um, it's using the connect stuff with a um with the the monitor like that but it's hooked to a camera and then you are able it will show stick figures because that's how it does the motion when you play the games yeah so when you point it in a haunted location and there's nobody oh. standing there and it connects people in front of you like you can see stick figures so it'll make phantom stick figures, basically. Yes. You have to be careful, though, because if there's, like, a painting of a person or, like, a poster mm -hmm. or whatever, it'll stick figure them. So you have to, like, really, 
acknowledge what is in your, you know, range, but sometimes there'll be nothing there. And all of a sudden the stick figure emerges and I would call it bullshit, except, and a lot of people do, a lot of people hate the (laughs) SLS camera, but, but I have actually had interaction with these stick figures. So for instance, I, um, was at this costume shop in Northern California that's super haunted. And I had the SLS camera and I was down this, and it's in an old um, funeral crematorium. Home. That's so delightful. <laughs> a costume shop in an old crematorium. Yeah, and it's like, like a rental costume place. So it's like all these old costumes. And some of them are like real um, authentic, like military stuff and, and things like that. So, or, you know, hospital wear and things like that. Like you don't know where you to get the rental stuff, you know? So um, it's like just lined all the way down with costumes and it's right where the cremate crematorium th- my brother my brother's mortician he says they're the retort machines so they were the cremation machines uh. but they're gone now so it's just like lines of um costumes standing there and i um i had this feeling that there was something in there and i had the sls camera going and and then i saw like a stick figure poking out from the costumes and i was like i see you can you come out And it stepped out. Oh my gosh. Full stick figure in front of me. And then I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's like (laughs) stepping out. And then I said, can you wave? And it waved. Oh my gosh. So I know people call this stuff like bullshit or whatever, but I don't know. How do you get it to do that? Maybe there's a way. I don't know. But like, I'm intrigued by it at least. Do you have, were you like actually recording? Like, it was recording. But the problem with these, the, this, this SLS thing, the connect thing, it always, at least the ones that I've used, always um, uh, mess up. Like, what am I trying to say? They like, um, just like die on you. Well, because there's probably like the, the paranormal activity can drain batteries or. That's true, but it just seems like, I don't even think it's the batteries being drained. It just shuts down. Weird. Like, and it does it all the time. And so they said they got the recording. It wasn't my machine, so I don't have a, think I have a copy of that recording maybe I do (laughs) maybe I do I can't remember but I thought it was pretty cool and um but anyway so I I just I love all the equipment do I believe in all of it not necessarily Mm -hmm. but I think it's fun I'm taking parapsychology classes right now and I'm learning that the way we use k2 meters as far as ghost hunters go paranormal investigators whatever you want to call it um is the wrong way to be using them. And I am not on the the lesson yet on what the right way is, Right, but it's not to detect ghosts, which I always say, oh my God, it's lighting up. There's a ghost, there's a ghost. Right. But um, I I know that it can be triggered by electrical things and, and, and different stuff, but I think that's the only way you're supposed to use it to like rule out like where those things are, but not to detect like an actual ghost. But I don't know. I'm not on that. I'm not in that class yet. But yeah. <laughs> the equipment class. But um, uh, I I like learning the science behind it, and I like learning the right ways to do things. Yeah. Even if it's more fun to not do it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I don't I don't consider myself like a true paranormal investigator. I'm not trying to go to a place to prove it's haunted or not haunted, it's just or fun. to like get rid of it for you or help you or anything like that. I just want to experience it. Yeah. So if these things help me experience it or help it make it a fun time or whatever, because sometimes for paranormal investigating, if uh it you have to have a lot of patience and a lot of times nothing happens so it's fun it's fun to use all these different equipments and like if you have a rim pod in the corner and all of a sudden it's going off meaning that it's like a motion detector type thing okay and it's like in the back corner and there's nobody over there you're like okay what was that yeah (laughs) I'm like you know all the terms you're like my rim pod my ball yeah Yeah. I do because I love it I love the equipment I also love um the app on the phone and everyone like so many people it's 50 50 I guess people are like the app does not work like the iPhone cannot detect ghosts yeah no matter what app you have on there but then I have other people that say it absolutely can yeah it can it does have sensors in there and it does have things they weren't meant to detect ghosts but with the app they can use those sensors to like so I don't know but regardless they're fun I also feel like how many times do you hear stories about ghosts like doing weird stuff with electronics all the time so it's like why wouldn't even if the phone wasn't built for that why wouldn't it be yeah one of my favorite things to do it's like so basic but whenever I'm hosting a seance is I'll take a I'll take a lamp and I'll unscrew the light bulb so that 
you know, you're like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we call it like we call it flashlight work or torch work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's what? mixed feelings about that. Too. Oh, really? What so do people you feel? say? People say that it's not responses that you're getting. It's the coil in there is heating up and cooling, heating up and cooling. And when it heats up, it lights the light. When it cools, it takes the light off. But then, that being said, maybe that's true. But I have seen it give direct responses to questions yeah like so blink twice for no blink once for yes and doing it in like over multiple questions for like you know 10 minute period so like is it really I, I mean I get it I get it like we have to we have to rule all that out in order to prove anything but still I've seen it um be very uh compelling how did you find these parapsychology classes um that the ones I'm taking right now. Yeah. So wait, are there other parapsychology classes? Well, no, I, I just want to make sure, uh, as opposed to the ones I was taking while I was at the mansion, right. the, the yeah. paranormal classes, um, the parapsychology classes I actually found through, um, Jeff Belanger's site. I did his web, I did his podcast, his speakeasy, which is fun. He was doing through the pandemic. It may still be doing, I'm not sure. Um, and he had a guest on named Lloyd Arbach and he is a parapsychologist that, that, teaches these classes through the Ryan Institute, Ryan Center, mm-hmm. which was part of, it was the parapsychology department at Duke University. Oh. Um, but now in, you know, in North Carolina, but now, um, they don't, it's still on the campus. Um, but it's not affiliated with Duke anymore because all the universities have gotten into the parapsychology departments, sadly. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. But, um, he's, he teaches classes through there and you can do them online and that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just in the first one right now, intro. And it's, a uh, it's a lot, it's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And it, really? it's, um, it's very intense and really requires you to think quite a bit because, it's so weird. It's a, it's a science that's not a proven science and we have to use other sciences to help prove it, but we can't ever approve it because people can't even agree on what consciousness is like right. in the different sciences, the real established sciences from biology to neuroscience to whatever, they can't agree on what consciousness is. And until we can agree on what consciousness is, we can't, we can't figure out what subconscious is. We can't like, we can't move on yeah. from that. And so, um, it's weird. It's, it's hard to try and prove something that you can't prove right now. Cause there's too, yeah, there's too many different opinions on it. I mean, that just like, even the concept of trying to narrow down what consciousness could be like, I don't even know where to start. I know. Like, what is it? It's just <laughs> yeah. like, it's one of those things that you don't really have a definition for. You just know what it is. You just <laughs> exist within it. Yeah. What sort of, um, sort of, I mean, what were your sort of like first things that jumped out at you in terms of like the parapsychology classes? Like what are the things that you're finding most interested by? Um, well, I'm excited. So they, they break it down into three sections. They do, um, ESP mm-hmm. and they do psychokinesis and then survival of bodily death is what the three things oh. that encompass the parapsychology. I think a lot of people think there's other things that are going into that too, like maybe astrology or maybe, um, UFOs or alien abductions or, you know, anything that's kind mm-hmm. of paranormal, but it's not any of that at all. It's just those three things. So, um, I am really excited for the survival of bodily death. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. The ESP stuff and psychokinesis is cool. I just don't feel like I have those abilities myself. So I'm I'm looking forward to the, the survival of bodily death part. Right. <laughs> but you got to go through all the rest of it to see how we get to that point. Exactly. And I'm sure that the concepts start to kind of all bleed into each other and form some sort of like weird blanket. <laughs> yeah. But even this ESP stuff is we're on ESP right now. Um, and I'm finding it pretty fascinating too, because I mean, the, and we're, and this is really about the history of, and the studies and the science of it. It's not about learning to do it yourself. I wish, I wish it was learning to, to, to master it ourselves, but it's not about that. This is about looking back at all the different studies that have been done and what they did right, what they did wrong, what they found, what they didn't find, um, like comparing and contrasting those things. And it's definitely like the science of it that goes behind it. And, it's just, it's fascinating what they've tried and, and then how that gets picked apart by other sciences and, um, and even like, uh, the age of spiritualism and stuff and all the mediums back in the turn of the century and all the vetting that some of them had to go through. Mm -hmm. And some of them really went through a lot. And 
weren't disproven. Oof. But some <laughs> some were. Some were obviously frauds, but yes. some weren't disproven. And some were um, proven at that time to be a fraud. But later, now we know that that's not how it works. Like, for instance, I just heard the story that there was this um, this this psychic medium um, named Mallory, who was mm-hmm. really, really famous at that time. And Houdini was, like, desperately looking for this message from his mother. And he would uh, try out different psychics. And he got bad messages, so he was out to prove psychics as, like, a fraud. Yeah. And he, that Mallory was, like, this renowned um psychic so he went to her and she gave him a message which now they believe probably really was a message from his mother but he threw her under the bus said she was Uh. a fraud because the message came through in english which is the only language that the psychic spoke but his mother only spoke like Hungarian or something like that. Yeah. And so he was like, she's a fraud. My mom didn't know English. Uh, and so under those terms, like she was considered a fraud. But now he, uh, our um, Lloyd, our professor was saying that um, we know now that that's not the way psychic messages come through. Yeah. It's not, it's not like in terms of English or, or Austrian or, or Hungarian or whatever the language was. We don't hear it. it they don't hear it in languages. I mean, you probably know that yeah, more than no, I it's do. Like a, it's like an impression. Like it's it's just like, it's almost like a, like a thought is placed into my mind and then I just like say what it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now they believe that maybe she was legit. And so I don't know. So oh it's stuff gosh. like that, that we're learning about. And then the psychokinesis, I'm excited because they're going to talk about, you know, things like moving stuff with your mind and spoon bending. I want to spoon bend (laughs) because that's something that people can really do. Yeah, I know, but it's hard too because there's also people who learned how to fake it. Like there's frauds in spoon bending and there's- Well, there's frauds in ESP too. Like like, so there's uh, the Rhine Center um, is the first back in the day were the first people to come up with like ESP cards where they had like a squiggly line or a square or a circle or rectangle or whatever. And you had to, you know, somebody, there was a viewer who was looking at the card and then somebody else who was the person trying to like guess what it is. And, um, and I was like, oh, I want to get those cards. That'll yeah. be fun. Like, I just want to try it out and see what my score would be, you know, on it. And when I went on Amazon to look for those, they have the real, it says on there, real Rhine Center cards yeah. for psych, to test psychic, psychic ability. But then they have cards that say for magic, they're, they're, they are, they're marked. So you can, and I'm like, Oh my God, that's how they do that. (laughs) Are they the ones that are like, there's like a circle and a triangle and two. Okay. I've done that. I've done those. Yeah. I owned that game. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. I want to get it. I want to get the, the, um, the Rhine center, supposedly the real, the real ones Yeah, and try it out. Oh my gosh. You should, you should. It's weird when I did it, I felt like, because the, the back of the cards were like, I feel, I think they were like black and white checkers or something. And I just felt like the shape was like coming through. Like I was like, Ooh. I don't know. And I've, I haven't really played with that before or tried to experience that before, but it just like, it was weird. It just felt like I could see them through the cards. It was very strange. I want you to get them and try. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. And supposedly the person who is looking at the card either should not be in the same room with you or you need to be back to back to them because oh, we did it wrong then. <laughs> oh, because, because you can get, um, y- without even knowing it, you can get visual cues from the person looking at the card. Uh, we did it. We did like four face down and then I was like, okay, that one's this, that one's this. And then we would like flip them over. Oh, well then nobody knows what it is. So then that's like a blind test. So that's, that's, that works too, I think. Okay. Thanks for validating me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you guys, um, you guys talked about emotional quantum entanglement? Um, why do I feel like that term came up, but we haven't like, so I'm, I am going out of town next week. So I've been reading ahead in the book yeah. a little bit. So I feel like that term came up in my reading but we haven't discussed it yet in class. Okay. But it's, tell me. It's like when it's so it's like usually it occurs in like very close friendships or family members or like like romantic uh, uh, partners. Oh, when like two people have the same thoughts or you can read each other's thoughts yes. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That did come up in it. We haven't talked about it in class yet, but yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so weird when you start like because I'm sure you've even noticed like you could like you just like 
maybe will know when your fiance is coming home before they walk in the door or like you'll think about them and then they'll call or some like stuff like that can happen. Yeah. Um, but I just think that's like so interesting too, especially when you look at like cases where people like were very close and then something bad happened to one and the other person just like knew about it. Yeah. Like stuff like I've that. I've heard stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, um, they also call it, I think the twin thing twin flame something like that but then then they went on to explain but it doesn't have to be twins like it was no, it was first like recognized between twins but then now they oh. realize that like it's friendships and 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 close relationships of all kinds oh my god are you guys going to be studying twins and their psychic connection i don't think so <laughs> i was like that that's always really crazy did you ever see the documentary three identical strangers oh oh my gosh there was like it's very crazy, but basically there was like this guy went to college and it was his first day at college and all these people were like calling him by a different name, like, oh, hey, you came back. Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And some guy comes up to him and he starts to like talk to his friend and then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And the guy was like, oh my God, come with me. And he calls, basically this guy found out he has a twin that he had, they were separated at birth, adopted out to different families had no idea about each other. So all this publicity comes through and this guy's mom is watching it and she was like, holy crap, that's two copies of my son. So there was triplets. Oh my God. Yes, but they all had the same taste in women. They all smoked the same cigarettes. They all had like the same hobbies that they did in high school, but they never had known about each other up until that point. Whoa, that's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah, you should you should watch it. It's like a it's like a very bizarre documentary, but it made me think about that. Yeah. Um, I know that like one of the things that you had sort of um mentioned before was that you don't normally have dreams. Well, I think I have them. I just don't remember them. I, I mean, and I people say, um, so Patty Negri told me, oh, leave a glass of water by your bed. Don't drink it. Just leave it by your bed. It helps capture things, helps you remember stuff. So I tried that for a while and that didn't bring me anything. And then um, uh, it may have been even just you because this just happened recently, like on Friday night or something. So... Did you tell me, like, just tell yourself, I'm going to remember this dream in the morning? Yeah. Okay. So I I did that before I went to bed. I was like, okay, I'm going to remember my dreams. (laughs) This is, this is not, this doesn't turn out well though. Uh Um, So I was like, okay, I'm going to remember. And I woke up in the morning and for a second, I remembered not the whole dream. I remember, I, I remember that I didn't remember the whole thing, but I remembered like what was happening at just before I woke up. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh my God, it was so horrifying, so horrible. I, and by the time I like was, and I, it was so bad that I was like, I don't want to remember this dream. By then I was already forgetting it. Uh, But I do remember, I remember that it happened, um, it was something that happened in like a cafeteria or a lunchroom of some sort, kind of big, open uh, eating space type mm-hmm. of thing. And it was some sort of mass casualty event. Ugh. And I don't think it was a natural disaster. I think it was like a gunman or a bomb of some sort oh, or no. something. And I remember thinking, no wonder I don't remember my dreams. <laughs> Who wants to remember this? Oh, no, I feel bad. No, I don't feel bad because I did. I do want to remember my dreams because um, uh, even since then, in, in my class was last night. They talked about how things come in your dreams mm-hmm. and that's where you're going to get the most um, like a lot of a lot of ESP even happens in dreams and stuff and psychic dreams and, yeah. and precognition and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I want to remember my dreams. But then the first one I, oh. I and I didn't even really fully remember it. I just sort of got a glimpse of something. And I was like, oh, no wonder I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> they're awful. Oh, my gosh. Now I feel bad. I'm sorry. Don't feel bad because my fiance said, oh. Cause he does sort of remember his dreams and he said, Oh, I have, I dream, I have dreams like that all the time. Really? Yeah. So, it's kind of weird, but yeah. Um, I, I still don't remember my dreams. Like I, that happened that one time and I haven't remembered anything since. You said that, that you want, you did have a dream about half. I did. 
but I second guess whether this is a dream or not. That's what I'm curious about. It was too real and it's still too real. But, um, but let's just say it was a dream for, cause I was quote unquote sleeping and, um, uh, it was after Hef passed away and I had tried for like almost two years to go up to say goodbye to him. Um, I mean, at first I just wanted to go up to see him and I wanted to get um, his blessing on the book I was writing about my memoirs, the mansion and stuff like that. But then I found out how sick he was and then it eventually turned into, I want to come and say goodbye. Yeah. But um, the people that were in charge there at that time would not let me come up. And, um, and then he passed away and then they didn't invite me to the funeral either. So I felt like I never really got closure, got to say goodbye or anything like that. And I know that that was not on his terms because he was always really receptive to, um, to past girlfriends coming and seeing him. Like he was into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's how I watched the show. There there was always (laughs) ex-girlfriends hanging out. He loved it. And, um, so I know that that didn't come from him at all, but then, um, I was, sleeping and I was going to the mansion and I I knew that it was like abandoned and nobody was there anymore and Hef was gone but yet so nothing makes sense in dreams right so you pull I pull up to the rock to the gate and security answers even though security's not there anymore and they were like oh hi Bridget come on up Hef's waiting for you in the Mediterranean room so I pull up and I go inside and everything's like dark and like abandoned sort of, but the music's still playing, but then the lights are on in the one room that I'm supposed to go into, which is called, we called it the med room. It's the Mediterranean room. And I, I went in there and I was standing and, and I got the sense that there was, uh, butlers in the other room in the kitchen and stuff, but I never saw anybody like that. I just had that feeling. And then all of a sudden I hear Hef coming down the stairs and he had his arms wide open and he said, and he let out his big laugh that he does like this cackle laugh he had. And, um, he was like, my darling. And he gave me a big old hug. I could smell his cologne. Oh my God. I could feel the silk robe. Uh, everything felt so, so real. And it just felt really, really good. And it felt like a goodbye and it felt like he was doing okay and that he was happy to see me and all of that. And I woke up and I was sort of teary eyed and I was like, oh my God. And I told Nick, I just had this crazy dream. And I remembered it so vividly as if I literally just got back from the mansion. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like it was a dream. It felt like that happened, but that happened. Like I was there. Oh my God. So I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I feel like I felt emotional just hearing you like tell that story, which makes I don't know. I just feel like those connections, they don't go away just because someone changes forms. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, it was like, I mean, I guess it was a dream, but I, it just, um, like I said, I don't usually remember my dreams and that one did not feel like a dream. It was just way too real. Yeah. Way too real. I'm glad I, that happened for you though. Yeah, I really do feel like it brought me closure. Like, I don't think about it so much anymore. I don't, I've like moved on and that kind of thing. But like that dream is still, like I think about it and I have to remind myself, oh no, wait, you didn't actually go there. And I'm like, that was a dream. But it feels that real, that it feels like a memory. Yeah. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you one more thing. Yes. If you have like a favorite paranormal or spooky story either personal or one that you've heard of that you just like think is so that sticks with you oh my scariest paranormal experience is definitely at the Myrtles Plantation in Louisiana St. Francisville Louisiana it's a an old plantation home has tons of history so much death has happened there from civil war stuff to little girls being poisoned to a slave being murdered uh, probably multiple slaves but one that's got a famous case um and history surrounding her um even just like this couple was living there and somebody uh rode up on a horse and rang the doorbell and he went to answer the door and he was shot point Blake in the chest made it to the 17th step and died in his <gasps> wife's arms like just so much tragedy has happened oh at this location yes. and it is now like a hotel or like a bed and breakfast type place you can stay at and I've I have watched documentaries and read books and like was so interested in the Myrtles plantation I wanted to go there so badly and finally for my birthday it actually just popped up on Instagram um four years ago like just the other day yeah um we were there and uh we stayed in the room that has like the, so there's the big entryway and in the entryway, there's a big haunted mirror that people say 
has like weird streaks and you can see like people on the stairs behind you on it or Ooh. like uh there's like a demon face in it like there's all kinds of stories with the mirror and then the steps you they say you hear 17 like clunks and then on the 17th step it stops always that's supposedly the guy that yeah. haunts it um all those kinds of things so we stayed in a room because it's kind of weird there even though it's like a bed and breakfast you don't have access to the rest of the house so you only get access to the room you're in and that's it and, um, and then you can go outside on the grounds, but you don't get access to any yeah. of the other house, except if you're staying in the room that we're staying in, then you have access, your keys are to the front door and you have yeah. access to the mirror and the stairs and then this huge sitting room at the top of the stairs and then your room, which is also a giant room. So that's the room we were in. And I brought out my equipment and my fiance is not a big believer, but he's a good sport. Yeah. And we were ghost hunting and stuff and nothing was happening. I mean, it was just ridiculous to the point where I was like, are my things even working? Yeah. Like the battery's dead. Like what's happening here? Nothing. And so finally we just gave up like, I don't know, one thirty in the morning or something. We're like, let's just go to bed. And we're laying in bed and all of a sudden we hear, Boom, 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 boom. Somebody running up the stairs. I'm like, no way. And there's no, nobody else has access to that, that yeah. area, except for the people that own the, or run the place. And they say specifically that they aren't there at night. So if you need to get a hold of somebody, here's a, an emergency phone number, but like nobody's there at night. So I was like, oh my God, I open up our door. Nobody's out there. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. Did you hear that? He's like, yeah, I heard that. That was crazy. And we heard it a bunch more times. Oh my God. Nobody's out there. Then we're, um, we hear like squeaking on the landing. And because we had been investigating, we knew exactly where that squeaking was outside our door, like in the little dormer window areas in that sitting area. And I opened up the door and I was like, oh my God, I know where that's from. And nobody was there, but I know something was walking over there because that's the only place where it was squeaky. Yes. Then it just got, it just amped up. Like you could feel this heaviness in the room and we could hear kids laughing and playing. We could hear furniture moving and it sounded like it was above us, but we were on the top floor. Like we were oh, almost in like attic space. Yeah. Even. Like there wasn't like a floor above us and just like, I mean, it just got so intense that we were literally laying in bed, holding on to each other going, oh my God, did you hear that? Oh. And he's like, yeah, did you hear that? Yeah. Oh my God, did you hear that? Oh. And it, and then um, at one point we had this like electronic noise in our room and we both sat up because that was like close to us, you know, yeah. and we're like, oh my God. And, and, uh, he had left the K2 meter sitting on the nightstand and it was just going all the way to red and then blinking out and then all the way to red and off. On, on. I mean, and he's like, I think your K2 meter is making noise, but it doesn't make noise. So I was like, it's oh. not that, but that that's not good. <laughs> What's happening right there? Something's in this room with us. I'm like, what time is it? And it was like three something. I'm like, oh my God, it's the witching hour or oh, devil's hour yes. or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and so then we're like, um, we're like laying in bed, freaking out. And then around... It was four something. We looked at the clock. All of a sudden, it just stopped. And I just felt like the the air get lighter. Everything just, I just felt every muscle in my body loosen up. And it was just gone. And I'm like, oh my, oh, gosh. Oh my God, it's gone. Do you feel that? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. You still have to come with me to the bathroom really quick. Yeah. <laughs> but it's gone. <laughs> so that was the scariest experience I've ever had. And then we went, they do biscuits and gravy in the, um, in the gift shop in the morning. We went down there and, uh, they were, the, these people were asking, the people that worked there were like, oh, what room were you guys in last night? And we told them and they were like, oh, that's, you guys made it through the night. The last two people to stay in there weren't able to make it through the night. Oh my gosh. And then there's these, um, this older couple was sitting there. There was, it was four of them actually. And they said, were you guys the ones making all that noise last night, pushing furniture around and stuff? And we're like, we were pushing the furniture around. <laughs> but we heard it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that it made a non-believer whole like, hold his yeah. partner in bed yes we were both like oh my god it was so scary it was the scariest experience i've had and the most paranormal experience i've had so is he like i don't really believe but that was a weird night is that kind of yeah. like yeah <laughs> well he's like it's not that i don't believe i just you know need more proof and stuff but that was really weird but at the stanley hotel he also got his hair pulled and that kind of made him a believer because there was no way that could have happened there was yeah. nobody behind him 
There was You're just like, me and this other lady in front of him and somebody pulled his hair from behind. So yeah. that was really weird. You're like, I'm a conduit. You need to get used to this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they well, like me. That's why ghost magnet. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's perfect. And that's the name of your podcast. If people want to find you, it's ghost magnet. Yeah. And it's everywhere. It's, it's Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever, wherever you get podcasts. Awesome. And if they want to, if anyone wants to find you online, how should they do that? Oh, at Bridget on Twitter, at Bridget Marquardt on Instagram at Bridget Marquardt on um, Facebook. Check oh. for the blue check mark because yeah. even family members were following the wrong account. So <gasps> oh, no, <laughs> yeah. And I guess they switched it instead of we were married, and they were like, "Wait, you didn't tell us you got married? When did you guys get married?" And you're like, "What's happening?" Yeah. Oh I'm my like, gosh. What? That's. I mean, it's an interesting problem to have. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, thank you so much for coming out here and speaking with me today. Yeah, it's so fun. It was fun. Thanks again for tuning in. You can find me online at rainbowglitterstar.com to book a reading or shop witchy. You can also find me on Instagram at rainbowglitterstar and at the Glittercast. I also wanted to give you guys a heads up that I do have a new project coming out. It's a live stream that you can find on YouTube every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's called Betwixt the Shadows, and it's where Sal from The Crooked Path and I sit down to discuss all things occult and even answer a few of your questions. Until next week, have a good one. Mm -hmm.